There is a guy that most of us have heard his name many times. If you're my age, you might remember him, but everybody else seems to just know the name and haven't really done any homework on him. His name is Alexander Solisnichin, and uh, he was a novelist, a philosopher, historian, but he was a political prisoner. He was actually a guy, uh, his whole family, defied the Soviet Union anti-religious campaign because they were devout members of the Russian Orthodox Church. But the state got a hold of him and he lost his faith in Christianity and became a firm believer in both atheism and Marxism and Leninism. Yeah, but then he wrote a letter that said, hey, Joseph Stalin isn't really doing a very good job. And so he, you know, he served eight years in a gulag. That kind of brought his Christianity back. He kind of started thinking, maybe this isn't right. Well, he wrote something the day before he went to jail. He released it as he was going to jail. And I want to share it to you. It's an essay he wrote in 1974 that made him, this is the peak of his popularity. It's why we know his name. I want you to hear what he wrote about the people in the Soviet Union. What he wrote and said to them in 1974. And I want you to keep track on how many things he says that are directed now directly to us in 60 seconds. The Glenn Beck Program. What are the things that you value doing most in your life? What gets you centered again, the real you? For me, it's being with the family. It's doing things with the family, playing with the kids and the grandkids and painting. Maybe for you, it's, you know, golf or sculpting or riding horses, swinging a golf club. I mean, what is it? What is it? How hard would it be to do what you want to do if you were in constant pain? I'm speaking to you who know firsthand what it's like. For years, I dealt with pain in my hands that was, it, that was so debilitating, I never thought I would write a letter again. I never thought I could paint again. Then I took Relief Factor, and I tried it for three weeks, expecting that it wouldn't work for me. And it did. I would not be repping them if it didn't work for me. I still take it three times a day. It's not a drug. It was developed by doctors. About 70% of the people who try Relief Factor go on to buy more because it works for them. Start with a trial pack, 1995. Get your life back with ReliefFactor.com. ReliefFactor.com or call 800-500-8384. Tonight on Glenn TV. If you thought the worst of the pandemic was behind us, think again. The left is demanding more masks, more vaccine mandates, more lockdowns. But the fight for freedom was never over for small business. Glenn heads to ground zero for the battle against government control. California, where business owners aren't just fighting fines and regulations, they're fighting possible jail time. Watch Small Business Criminals tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern at blazetv.com slash Glenn. I was 10 years old, 10 years and two days. It was February 12th, 1974, when a guy who had been in and out of gulags uh, in Russia wrote a letter and released Live Not By Lies. I want to read it to you. 
And I want you to remember this was written in 1974 to the Soviet people. See if it applies to you today. There was a time when we dared not rustle a whisper, but now we write and read and we congregate heartily complaining to each other of all the things that they are muddling up of all they are dragging us into. There's that unnecessary bravado around our ventures into space against the backdrop of ruin and poverty at home and the buttressing of a distant salvage of regimes, the kindling of civil wars and the ill thought out cultivation of Mao at our expense to boot. In the end, we'll be the ones sent out against him and we'll have to go. What other option will there be? And they put whomever they want on trial and brand the healthy as mentally ill. And it is always they while we are helpless. We're approaching a brink. Already a universal spiritual demise is upon us. A physical one that is about to flare up and engulf us and our children while we continue to smile sheepishly and babble. But what can we do to stop it? We haven't the strength. We have been so hopelessly seated, our humanity, that for the modest handouts of today, we're ready to surrender up all principles, surrender up our soul, all the labors of our ancestors, all the prospects of our descendants, anything to avoid disrupting our meager little existence. We've lost our strength. We've lost our pride. We've lost our passion. We don't even fear a common nuclear death. We don't fear for a third world war. Perhaps we'll just hide away in some crevice. The only thing we fear is to take a civic stance. We don't want to stray from the herd. We can't set out on our own and and risk suddenly having to make do without. We have internalized well the lessons drummed into us by the state we are forever content and comfortable with its premise we cannot escape the environment the social conditions they shape us being determines consciousness what have we have what what do we have to do with this we can't really do anything but we can do everything even if we comfort and lie to ourselves that this is not so. It's not they who are guilty of everything, but we ourselves, only we. Some will counter, but really, I mean, there's nothing that can be done. Our mouths are gagged. No one listens to us. No one asks us. How can we make them listen to us to make them reconsider? It is impossible. Now, the natural thing would just to simply not reelect them. <laughs> but there are no real reelections in our country. In the West, in the West, they have strikes and protest marches. But we're too cowed, too scared. How does one just give up one's job? Just go out into the street? All of the other fateful means resorted to over the last century of Russia's bitter history are even less fitting for us today. True, let's not fall back on them. Today, when all the axes have hewn what they have hacked, when all that was sown has borne fruit, 
We can see how lost, how drugged were those conceited youths who sought through terror, bloody uprisings and civil war to make the country just and content. No, thank you, fathers of the Enlightenment. We now know the vileness of the means begets the vileness of the result. Let our hands be clean. So has the circle closed? Is there indeed no way out? So the only thing left to do is wait inertly? What if something just happens by itself? But it will never come unstuck by itself. If we all every day continue to acknowledge, glorify, and strengthen it. If we do not at least recoil from its most vulnerable point. Lies. When violence bursts onto the peaceful human condition, its face is flush with self-assurance. It displays on its banner and proclaims, I am violence, make way, step aside, or I will crush you. But violence ages swiftly. A few years pass, and it's no longer so sure of itself. So to prop itself up to appear decent, it will, without fail, call forth its ally, lies for violence has nothing to cover itself with but lies and lies can only persist through violence and it is not every day and not on every shoulder that violence brings down its heavy hand it demands of us only a submission to lies a daily participation in deceit and this suffices as our fealty and therein we find Neglected by us, the simplest, the most accessible key to our liberation. A personal non-participation in lies. Even if all is covered by lies, even if it's all under their rule, let us resist in the smallest way. Let their rule hold not through me. This is the way to break out of the imaginary encirclement of our inertness. The easiest way for us and the most devastating for the lies. For when people renounce lies, lies simply cease to exist. For like parasites, they can only survive when attached to a person. We're not called upon to step out into the square and shout out the truth. To say out loud what we think. This is scary, and perhaps we're not ready. But let us at least refuse to say the things that we do not think. This is the way, then, the easiest and most accessible for, for us, given our deep-seated organic cowardice. It's much easier. It's scary to even utter the words. It's much easier than civil disobedience a la Gandhi. Our way to start must be never knowingly support lies. Having understood where the lies begin, and many see this line differently, step back from that gangrenous edge. Let us not glue back the flaking scales of the ideology, not gather back its crumbling bones, nor patch together its decomposing garb. And we will be amazed how swiftly and helplessly the lies will fall away. 
and that which is destined to be naked will be exposed as such to the world. And so, thus overcoming our temerity, let each man today choose. Will he remain a witting servant of the lies? Needless to say, not due to natural predisposition, but in order to provide a living for the family, to just rear the children. But you're rearing them in the spirit of lies. Or has the time come for that man to stand straight as an honest man, worthy of the respect of his children and contemporaries? And from that day onward, the man who will not write, sign, or publish in any way a single line distorting, so far as he can see, the truth. A man who will not utter such a line in private or in public conversation, nor read it from a crib sheet, nor speak it in the role of an educator, a canvasser, a teacher, or an actor. They will not in painting, sculpture, photography, technology, or music depict, support, or broadcast a single false thought, a single distortion of the truth as he discerns it. That man will rise and not cite in writing or in speech a single guiding quote for gratification, insurance for his success at work, unless he fully shares the cited thought and believes that it fits the context precisely. Will that man start today? Not raise a hand in a vote for a proposal which he does not sincerely support. He will not vote openly or in secret ballot for a candidate who he deems dubious or unworthy. He will not be impelled to a meeting where a forced and distorted discussion is expected to take place. Let me say that again. That man stands up and will not be impelled to a meeting where he is forced and distorted discussion is expected to take place. He will at once walk out from a session, meeting, lecture, play, or film as soon as he hears the speaker utter a lie, ideological drivel, or shameless propaganda. That man will not subscribe to nor buy in retail a newspaper or a journal that distorts or hides the underlying facts. This is not an exhaustive list. Because there are so many possible and necessary ways of evading lies. Yes, at first it will not be fair. Someone will have to temporarily lose their job. For the young who seek to live by the truth, this will at first severely complicate your life. For your tests and your quizzes too are stuffed with lies. And so choices will, not, will have to be made. But there is no loophole left for anyone who seeks to be honest. Not even for a day, not even in the safest technical occupations, can he avoid even a single one of the listed choices to be made in favor of either truth or lies, in favor of spiritual independence or spiritual servility. 
And as for him who lacks the courage to defend even his own soul, let him not brag of his views, his progressive views, boast of his status as a academian or recognized artist or distinguished citizen or general. Let him say to himself plainly, I'm cattle. I'm a coward. I seek only warmth and to eat my fill. For those of us who have grown state over time, even this most moderate path of resistance will not be easy to set out upon. But how much easier it is than setting yourself on fire or a hunger strike. Betrayed and deceived by us, did not a great European people, the Czechoslovaks, show us how one can stand down the tanks with bared chest alone as long as inside beats a worthy heart. More in a minute. LifeLock. Identity theft is no joke. No joke. Oh my gosh, it's Joe Biden. No joke. It's not. It's, no, I'm serious, folks. No kidding around here. Really, no joke. Cyber criminal gangs have entire units dedicated to it. Uh, you know, in fact, uh, the Soviet Union, former Soviet Union, and uh, the Chinese communist killers, they have whole buildings full of people that this is all they do all day. Target America. All right, here's what I want you to do. Nobody can keep up with all of this. Not even LifeLock. But they will monitor and, and detect a wide range of identity threats. It's, it's more than just monitoring your credit. It's, it's, you're, it's surrounding us. It is. And because nobody can catch everything, if they miss something, if somehow or another your identity is threatened, they have a team that will work with you to fix the problem. So I want you to save up to 25% off your first year right now by going to lifelock.com with the promo code BECK. That's 1-800-LIFELOCK or head to lifelock.com. Use the promo code BECK for 25% off lifelock.com. 10 seconds station ID. You know, he goes on and he says, this is not going to be an easy path, perhaps, but it is the easiest among those that lie before us. And I keep telling you, if you don't stand now, you're, you're not going to stand when it counts. Here he is trying to reverse decades of people remaining silent. He says, it's not going to be an easy choice for the body, but the, it's the only one for the soul. It's not an easy path. But then we already have among us people, dozens even, dozens, he writes, who have for years abided by all these rules, who now live by the truth. We don't have to be first. Our job is to join. The more of us that set out together, the thicker our ranks, the easier and shorter this path will be for all of us. If we become thousands, they will not cope. They will not be able to touch us. If we grow to tens of thousands, we will not recognize our country. Will you join me in this effort? 
I'm going to tweet this link out and I want you to read it. It's not that hard. You don't have to become superhuman. You just have to say the things that you know are true. Always. That's going to be hard because in the last few years we've been trained not to. But always say the truth. It doesn't mean you have to say something. It just means you're not engaging unless the truth is there. And if asked, no, I'm not engaging in that. I, I don't. We all know that's not true. There are already people that are doing that. If we join them, if we join them, and we're in the tens and hundreds of thousands, it will quickly grow to the millions. And it won't be a partisan thing. Because we're all supposed to stand for the truth. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Goldline has a new one-ounce silver bar now available to new and existing clients for free without any qualifying order this week. So if you're a new client or you're an existing client, just call them up. Typically, Goldline special deals are only available to existing clients, but they are so excited about the new bar that this week only, the free silver is available to both new and existing clients of Goldline. Last week, the free bars were only eligible for people who completed IRA applications, but today they're available for every single qualifying order while supplies last. I've talked to you at length about why you should consider purchasing gold or silver. They're a hedge against insanity, and we are in an increasingly insane world. But this week, with something free, you've got added incentive to give Goldline a call and just talk to them about how much of your portfolio to diversify. I want you to be prepared for what is coming. Goldline, 1-866-GOLDLINE, 1-866-GOLDLINE, or goldline.com. Head over to blazetv.com slash Glenn. Promo code is Glenn for 10 bucks off. Or maybe instead today, go to the nazarenefund.org. Today is the day we stand up and take charge of our own future. Tonight at 9 p.m. on Blaze TV, I'm showing you people of real courage that are standing up in California and alone, facing jail time for keeping their restaurants open or their businesses open. And I'm going to show you the group of people It's called Brave. You'll understand what that's all about. The brave people of California that are standing up against it and winning. Tonight, only at 9 o'clock on blazetv.com slash Glenn. Today is the day we stand up and say, I'm not the government and America is not the government. America is its people and America is. Never gives up. America never says, oh, we can't, oh, we can't get anybody. We can't get all the people that we promised we could get out. You know, that's what they're saying now about Afghanistan. Do you believe that the federal government is actually going to do this and do this right? (laughs) I can guarantee you there's going to be people on that plane that shouldn't even be on that plane if there even is a plane. 
And there will be lots of people left behind that should be on that plane. They should have done this a long time ago when there was order. But of course, we didn't. So now what do we do? Do we sit here and we just complain? No, not on our watch. This is why we developed the Nazarene Fund. There are there is a group of about three to five thousand Christians that we know of, and they are marked for death. They don't want to leave. We have helped them rebuild their churches. We have helped Christians all throughout the Middle East bury their dead. But they are marked, literally marked for death. So this morning, I asked this audience to do something I've never, ever, ever, ever. I I would say, in fact, I did this morning. This is insane. There's no way to do this. I asked for your help to the point to where it hurts because we only have a few days to help these people on the ground. I spoke earlier today with... um, the the CEO of the Nazarene Fund. He is a rock-solid guy, and I asked him two days ago, can you figure out a way to help? Here is that conversation. Uh, yes, Glenn. Uh, I, I'm, <clears throat> I'm working with, uh, with several of our, of, uh, our partners uh, in, um, in the Middle East, and Right now, um, hold on just a second. Have- hold on just a second. I've never heard him use so many ums, and this is because Rudy cannot give very much information uh, for security uh, reasons. So uh, he's going yeah. to be a little a little vague here. But go ahead. <clears throat> We're trying to extract several thousand people um, out of Afghanistan. Uh, the The problem is is getting to the airport has been extremely difficult. Uh, these individuals that we are helping are mostly women and children, many of them converted to Christianity. They've been in safe houses for a long time. Um, in 2009, the Afghan government had changed the ID cards and forced people to declare their religious affiliations. Oh so these these individuals did not want to renounce Christ, so they, they already claimed themselves on their ID cards as Christians. And now they're hunkered down, afraid to go to the airport because the Taliban's looking for them. From what I understand, the Taliban has a list of these, some of these people. We've got some aircraft already waiting um, to, to take off. Uh, we're testing some of the airfields uh, to see if we can extract them from there. All the borders are closed. The land borders are closed. So we have to create an air bridge to get these individuals out Um I've got folks on the ground uh, that are working. Uh, as I said, we have partner uh, uh, organizations that I'm working very closely with. I was up last night, all last night, um, and working all day yesterday trying to coordinate some of this stuff. I've been providing at least some of my um, input and knowledge in how to move the aircraft and what to do. Um, the goal is to get these folks extracted safely to and we're working on uh, different destinations to bring them to uh unfortunately i'm not at liberty as you said uh, yeah, to, yeah. to say much right now until right. until we get them out but uh also uh, you know some of them are pastors with families 
Um, and these people are uh, under extreme, extreme danger because the Taliban wants to make an example. They'll be crucified. Of them, yeah, they'll, yeah, they'll oh. be crucified. So, um, uh, Rudy, what is this going to cost? Right now, uh, one of the charter companies that we're working with is, is, uh, is telling us that it's going to be about $4,000 per person for chartering the plane and having the flight crew to go in and out. Um, we, as I said, we have uh, north of several thousand people, so we're going to have to raise quite a bit of money to, uh, to get these folks out. The planes are ready. They're in place. We're ready to, to, to move forward, hoping in the next 48 hours to get quite a bit of, of folks out. So any support we can get from our from our partners would be extremely appreciated. Uh, every life counts. So we're doing our best to get them out. Here's the ask of you. Uh, I want you to give today, if you can, to the point of where it hurts. And that could be a dollar, could be ten dollars, might be a hundred. An amount of money that would uh, that I would feel an impact on uh, for me is different than for you. Rudy, I, I will, uh, I'll pony up the first hundred grand. Um, now let's have the audience see what they can do. We have, th- how many thousands of people do we need to get out? Just uh, let me say it this way. Uh, uh, we're between 3,000 and 5,000 people. Okay. When can we start? How much money do we need to start? As much as we can, right? Right now, we've got the charter planes standing by. We have to pay them, give them a down payment to start flying from, um, you know, to, to start flying in. We've got some planes that we've already chartered, um, and some 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 folks are volunteering some of their aircraft. But we, the, with the amount of people, we have to do several rotations in. Um, and and so a, a, any amount. How are, are, I mean, geez, Rudy, we have so few friends down on the ground. Um, uh, I just pray for you and everyone involved because I know how dangerous it's going to be. Thank you, Rudy. Sincerely, thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you for your support. It is um, that happened earlier today. I was. Um, I, I got word of this yesterday afternoon and they asked me do you think we can raise the money and at the time it was a couple of million dollars i didn't find out until we were on the air the number that's 20 million dollars the nazarene fund when we when we first put it out we raised 26 million dollars but that was over six months these people will be dead by then That is going to take a Do you know anybody that doesn't get giant checks, you know, like Jerry Lewis used to get? Have you ever seen anyone raise $20 million in a couple of days? I mean, that doesn't happen. But whatever the number is at the end is exactly what it's supposed to be. If we do what we're supposed to do. And that may be just getting this out on social media today. Please. Time is of the essence. These are people whose papers mark them as Christians. Many of them new Christians. That have converted in the last 
10, 15 years. And as of 2009, our sanctioned government forced people to put what their religion was. So now that is (laughs) papers, please. This is why we're against vaccine passports, because they always lead to other things. Seems innocent at first. Now, what we had them put on their papers is a death sentence. And these people are at home and they're not going to make it to the airport. I can't give you the information that I have, but I just know that, please, maybe your role is to just just say a prayer that this goes well because these people have to get out and get outside and they're being looked for now please give until you feel it today i've never asked you to do that before and i don't ask you these things lightly and this is already the most generous audience i've ever seen in the history in my 45 years of broadcast and i think in the history of all of this broad all of this uh medium i ask that you would please give today you can go to the nazarenefund.org every dollar goes to this every dollar you pledge will go to this or go to mercuryone.org MercuryOne.org, every dollar again, you have to market Nazarene Fund if you're going through there, but every dollar will go through the Nazarene Fund. The reason why I give you both is earlier today, we shut down one of the websites due to traffic. I don't know how many donations have been made, but I'm guessing a lot. But we have a long, long way to go in a very short period of time. Please get the word out and help us. MercuryOne.org or NazareneFund.org. Man, do I need a snack after today's show? Um, Well, in just about uh, 12 minutes, I can be snacking. Yes, in the snacking world with Built Bar. Built Bar has revolutionized the snacking world. Built Bars are made by people who understand that flavor comes first. Nobody is nobody's like, ah, you know what I want? I want something really healthy that tastes like a doormat. Everybody wants a candy bar, but people don't eat them because they're not healthy. Too many calories, too many carbs, too much sugar. Well, now Built Bar has crossed the Rubicon. Built Bar, in addition to being made with real chocolate, they're low-calorie, low-carb, high-protein, high-fiber. They don't taste like Dow Chemical either, which is weird, huh? They're good for you. They have nine amazing flavors, plus a limited-time offer of a flavor from time to time. You can get the mix box, and you can try two of each of the nine flavors. I want you to go to built.com, built.com. Use the promo code BEC15, get 15% off your next order, built.com. This is the Glenn Beck program. Let's just take a couple of minutes to rant on a couple of things. First of all, Governor Abbott, he is sick. He has COVID. Uh, he had the vaccine and he had the booster. So isn't that exactly what he 
what are you supposed to do? He had both shots, not not necessarily the new booster, but he had yeah both he doses, had both doses that he sure. was supposed to have. That's what he was supposed to do. He's not sick, but he's quarantining at home because he could be a carrier. Exactly what is supposed to happen <laughs> if you take the vaccine? How is this? Somehow or another, the chicken's coming home to roost. Shall we vilify him anyway? Oh, my gosh. Yes. Mm. Yes, I guess we do. Mm-hmm. All right. Next thing. Let's play a clip from uh, Cuomo's little brother, F- Fredo. I also said back then that a day <sighs> would come when he would have to be held to account, and I can't do that. I said point blank. I can't be objective when it comes to my family. Or anything else. So I never <laughs> reported on the scandal. And when it happened, I tried to be there for my brother. Mm. I'm not an advisor. Yes, you. I'm a brother. You know, you, I wasn't you, in control of anything. You wrote, you the, wrote a speech for him. And offer my <laughs> take. It. That's not. And my advice call. to my brother was simple and consistent: own what you did, mm. tell people what you'll do to be better, mm. be contrite. Uh-huh. About what? And finally, accept that it doesn't matter what you intended. What matters is how your actions and words were perceived. Okay, That's let's insane. stop. That's let's, insane. Let's just stop there. Stu, I cede the floor. Uh, first of all, uh, he's lying. He wrote a speech for his brother, the first speech given by his brother about this scandal, and that was recorded in the report in an email from Chris to Andrew. He actually wrote the news that CNN was covering. So that is uh, just to give you a... Uh, That's what my brother uh, does. Uh, really? Does he? <laughs> my brother does that all the time. Secondarily, and this is not intended as a defense of Andrew Cuomo in any way, because we saw the details of what he did. This is a crazy, crazy way of ha- of existing in a civilization. Hmm. It, of course, does matter what your intent was. And the idea that it only matters how something is perceived is bonkers. So, in other words, if you go into a bank and you say, hey, give me my money, and they hear, give me the money, and they think it's a robbery, <laughs> right. you should go to prison no, for robbery. That's the Chris Cuomo standard. Huh. Okay. I, all right. Wait a minute. Mm-hmm. How about how about we reverse the Chris Cuomo standard? Mm-hmm. I mean, the way he's meaning it is as long as she perceives it as consensual, even if my intent is to rape her, <laughs> it's okay? <laughs> yes, that's the Chris Cuomo standard. Okay. There you go. She's perceiving it as a nice evening. I'm raping her tonight. That's it's just like got it. That's not the way you can have huh. a, like if I say to you, "Hey, I want to get uh, there's some donuts in the other room. Do you Wait. do you want one?" Uh, well, and you think, message. "Oh my god, he's hitting on me." He, like that's you your fault. You're I heard you're that. idiot. You're that's a crazy person. Heard. I wear donut cologne. You start talking about donuts, that's the way I perceive it. Uh, and by the way, this is all, all of this, 100% of it is part of the Chris Cuomo rehabilitation plan because they're trying to get it so the Cuomo line of loss ends at Andrew and not Chris. So they're making him seem like the sensible advisor who is always on the phone saying the right things. It's a complete lie. They that's leaked why, it to the media, that, in my opinion, right. over and over again so that people believe that. That's why nobody is watching this godfather because <laughs> this one, Fredo's the guy in the end who's left. Okay. This is the Glenn Beck program.